Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include abuse, torture, sexual and domestic abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that honestly none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. The horrific story we will discuss today raises serious questions about how this little six-year-old boy's abuse went on undetected for so long. Whether it was authorities who failed in their duty to protect him, and how lockdown may have prevented them from doing so. In the space of just three months, Arthur went from a bubbly and bright child to a weak and emaciated one who was terrified for his life, all at the hands of his father and stepmother. This is Arthur's story. From the moment Arthur was born, he filled my life with joy. He was always smiling and had the most inquisitive little mind. He had every costume and action figure and would spend hours dressing up and pretending he had all their superpowers. But if Arthur could ask for one final thing... It would be that he was remembered for his superpowers. And Arthur's superpower was his smile. Arthur Labinho Hughes was born January 4th, 2014, to parents Olivia Labinho Harcrow and Thomas Hughes. Unfortunately, Arthur's parents would separate when he was around 18 months old in November of 2015, and his mother would receive majority custody. But they had a great co-parenting relationship, and Arthur saw Hughes often. Both sets of grandparents were involved. It sounds like the first few years of Arthur's life was full of love and attention and extended family. Arthur would later be described as being a happy, healthy kid, who always had the biggest smile on his face. Arthur's little world started to unravel in June 2018. His mother Olivia had started a new relationship, a very toxic relationship that would be filled with arguments and domestic violence and a lot of alcohol abuse. Both were alcoholics, and in February 2019, Olivia would murder her partner Gary Cunningham in their home in Birmingham, United Kingdom. In an alcohol-fueled argument, she would stab Gary in the leg with a kitchen knife 18 times, and he bled out before help could arrive. Olivia would be convicted of manslaughter and receive a lengthy sentence for her crime. Because of this, Arthur was sent to live with his father, Thomas Hughes. Somehow, this little boy was not completely traumatised by this, not initially anyway. Thankfully, he wasn't present when what happened happened. He was with his grandparents for a sleepover that night. But still, his entire happy little world was turned upside down. But he adapted and moved in with his father in an annex in the backyard of his paternal grandparents. And Hughes's parents loved this. 
They had their grandson on tap. They helped Hughes adjust to being a full-time parent to this little guy. Arthur started a new school. He would have been in kindergarten at this point, and he settled in well. He was making great progress in his learning, making friends quickly, and he was playing soccer. One thing that comes up all the time with Arthur, he was obsessed with soccer. His team being the Birmingham Football Club. My own boys are just as obsessed with the English Premier League soccer. Their team is Manchester United. So I know firsthand this can become a child's entire focus. It is incredibly adorable hearing them recall player statistics like it's their own, wearing all the merchandise from top to bottom. And Arthur had a Birmingham Football Club jersey that he would wear for days straight. The picture I will most likely use for this episode will show him wearing his jersey. It's so damn cute. I love this kid. Initially, he had telephone contact with Olivia three days a week. But in October 2019, Hugh stopped all contact with not only Olivia, but Arthur's maternal grandparents as well, for reasons that aren't clear. Given the court would order only written contact between Arthur and his mother after Olivia took the matter to court, I would not say there was any malicious intent by Hughes, at least at this point. By all accounts, Hughes was an amazing father and always had Arthur's best interest at heart. It was around this same time that Hughes was called into Arthur's school to discuss their growing concerns about his behaviour. Teachers would tell him that his son had become fixated, his father was going to disappear from his life or kill him. And Arthur had become obsessed with death, murder and guns. So we're seeing some delayed trauma from his mother's crime. So maybe that regular phone contact with his mother was affecting his emotional state. Arthur is still very much a baby. He's five years old at this point. And hearing his mother but not being able to see her, it may have been just too much for him then. I can completely understand that. We all know what happened in March of 2020. The world went into lockdown. And Hughes and Arthur would move from their safe world of Arthur's grandparents to the home of Hughes's girlfriend of one year, Emma Tustin, and her two children, on Cranmore Road in Shirley, Soulhull. And heartbreakingly, three months later, Arthur would be dead. I think it was the 16th of April. I was doing a 7-7 shift, and she, Joanna sent me um, a text message, and I thought, Joanna Hughes, I haven't heard from her for ages. So automatically, you, you panic. Of course. So I phoned her and said, you know, what is it? And she said, oh, it's nothing to worry about, don't worry. Um, and I said, well, I'm working till seven, I'll be home about eight. And shortly after that, I thought, I can't work the rest of my shift without knowing what's happening. So I phoned her and she said, is it all right if Chris, that's her husband, and I come round tonight? So they came round at nine o'clock on the evening. And um, I said, what, you know, you need to fill me in, what's going on? And Joanna said they'd found bruises on Arthur. And I said, bruises? And Chris said, have you got them? And she said, they're on my phone. So she went and got her phone out of the car and she showed me. And straight away, I said, those are, those are non-accidental you're, injuries. You're a nurse, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Straight away, I said, these are non-accidental injuries. I said, they're caused by an adult hand. I said, his right shoulder, I can see three finger, f- fingers... I said, his left shoulder, I said, that has been caused by hitting with something or being pushed against something. But the most disturbing thing to me 
And I said this to Chris and Joe. I said, there's new bruises on top of old, which tells me this has been going on. And, um, you know, there's yellow bruises, there was purple bruises all over. Is it? Kids back. Take your time. And uh, <clears throat> I just seen them, I just imagined the pain Arthur would have been in receiving those bruises. Now, this relationship was toxic from the get-go. Only two weeks after Arthur and Hughes moved in with Tustin, they would appear back on Hughes's parents' doorstep. The pair had had an explosive argument and he left. It didn't stop there, though. There'd be threatening and aggressive text messages sent back and forth between the couple in the days that followed. But then, only three days later, all was forgiven. Hughes packed up Arthur again and returned to Tustin's open arms. This would be the last time Arthur's grandparents would see their grandson alive. This would be the start of the violence against Arthur. While at his grandparents' home, his grandmother, Joanne Hughes, saw a bruise on the six-year-old's back and scratches on his face. Arthur would say this came after Tustin had, quote, called him an ugly, horrible brat, unquote, and shoved him headfirst into the stairs. Joanne took photographs and she would report this to social services as any great-grandmother would. Joanne would beg Hughes to leave Arthur with her, that that household was no place for this child who had already been through so much and was already damaged because of it. But Hughes refused. Arthur's uncle, Daniel Hughes, was also present and saw the bruises, and he also reported it to West Midlands Police, but he never heard back and police would close the log believing it required, quote, no further role for force response, unquote, because social services were already involved. But when social worker Jane Kavanagh from Solhull Council visited Tustin's home, Tustin explained away the bruises. Apparently they came from Arthur and her son play fighting with boxing gloves. The social worker would also speak directly with Arthur, and ask him how safe and happy he felt on a scale of 1 to 10, with 0 being the floor and the ceiling being a 10. Arthur, quote, very confidently jumped up and pointed to the ceiling, saying he felt very happy and very safe, unquote. She concluded there were, quote, no safeguarding concerns, unquote, and no need to refer the case for a full child service assessment. Hughes was instead offered an early help program to assist Arthur in dealing with his traumatic past, but this was declined. Giving evidence during trial, Hughes said Tustin had coached not only Arthur but her own two children to lie to social services about the fight with boxing gloves. And she warned Arthur if he didn't go along with it, he and the other children would be taken away. Which would have terrified Arthur who already made it very clear he was scared his father was going to go away. These are two people that have stood trial for Arthur's murder that are very manipulative, and they did manipulate agencies that were involved with them. And so they set up the perfect social services visit in terms of it was the one day that they allowed Arthur out to play in the back garden so that he was happy with his circumstances. It wasn't a case of they missed an opportunity. It was a case of that they were dealing with two very manipulative people. June 8, 2020. Arthur did not attend the first day back at school after lockdown. Hughes claimed the boy wasn't sleeping well and would return to school later that week. 
Anyone who had kids at school during this time, schools were lenient and gave parents a lot of leeway with kids returning to school. There was a lot of fear around people being sick and getting others sick, so not many questions were asked. And this continued when Hughes again called the school later that week and said Arthur would not be returning until his health improved as he now lost interest in eating and was lethargic. Arthur would never again return to school. Tustin and Hughes installed cameras in the home, which, according to them, was to catch Arthur's supposed naughty behaviour. But what it did do was capture the sickening assaults inflicted on Arthur and would eventually provide crucial evidence in court as it allowed police to calculate the torturous length of time he spent in isolation at the foot of the stairs. According to court documents, Arthur was forced to stand in a three-foot square hallway for up to 14 hours a day. But worse are the audio clips. Tustin would record the horrendous sounds of Arthur crying in anguish, begging to go to his nanny and Uncle Blake's, calling out to them, desperate for help. Tustin would send these to Hughes on WhatsApp. In one recording, Arthur could be heard saying, quote, Please help me. Please help me, Uncle. They're not feeding me. I need some food and a drink. Unquote. There are more than 200 files of these recordings, each just as traumatic as the last to listen to. In another example, Arthur is shown standing by the fridge as punishment. Hughes texted Tustin, quote, Tell him not to move a muscle, put him by the fridge, put him outside or wherever, give him away, put him out with the rubbish, unquote. I wish they did give him away. I'm beyond frustrated because we already know Hughes's parents would have loved to have taken him. They had offered previously. So many families would have loved to have taken in and raised this little boy in a loving and safe environment, but Hughes did nothing. On other occasions, Hughes messaged Tustin telling her, quote, just end him and I'll fill him in when I get back, unquote, comparing his son to, quote, fucking Hitler, unquote, and threatening to, quote, take his head off his shoulders, unquote. June 15th, 2020. Tustin took Arthur with her to an appointment with her hairdresser, Catherine Milhench. Catherine would later report Arthur was told to face the door and not move during the entire six-hour session. She described his appearance as skeletal and said his legs were shaking, quote, like he couldn't hold himself up, unquote. When Tustin returned the next day to finish the appointment, this time bringing Hughes, as well as Arthur wearing the same pyjamas he had been wearing the previous day. Catherine would later report the couple took turns shouting at the small child, going back and forth like a game of tennis. Catherine's partner, Tobias, was also here for all of this too, and he would sneak Arthur a glass of water without Tustin and Hughes's knowledge. This terrified Arthur, and he didn't want to take it at first, Tobias having to hold the glass to Arthur's mouth because he was just too weak to hold it himself. 
Catherine would also later tell police she saw Hughes drag Arthur by the back of his neck and call him a little cunt. When her own son ran into the home, it caused Arthur to move from his position facing the front door. This set Hughes off again, and he threatened to rip the little boy's head off and, quote, use it as a football, unquote. The only time Arthur spoke during these two days would be if Hughes or Tustin asked him something, and he was only allowed to reply with yes sir or yes ma'am. Any other response was not acceptable. Arthur never had a bed. Hughes and Tustin had CCTV in the house so they could keep an eye on him. This footage is a difficult watch. It shows Arthur waking up on the day of his death, his frail body so weak after months of abuse he could barely lift his duvet. June 16, 2020. Video footage from a CCTV camera in the living room where Arthur slept on the floor with only a duvet. This footage shows him appearing weak and crying in pain, struggling to carry his duvet out of the room to place it under the stairs where it was kept during the day. Shortly after 2.30pm, Tustin messaged Hughes to say Arthur would not get off the floor and claimed he had, quote, knocked himself out, unquote, by hitting his head on the floor, taking a photograph of Arthur as he lie dying in the hallway. She would wait 12 minutes for Hughes to return home before calling for help. Ambulance service, is the patient breathing? Um, barely. Okay, is he breathing right now though? Even if he's Is he breathing, Tom? He's he taking big dark breaths. Basically, my six-year-old stepson is falling, he's banged his head. Okay. And while he was on the floor, he's banged his head another five times. Okay. He's lost colour, he's got a big lump on his head. So what's up, Is he awake? He's half in and out, okay. but he's banged his head quite hard. Is he breathing noisy or abnormal? Is it noisy or abnormal? It's barely there. He's barely breathing. He's okay. in and out. He's taking well, hard. Okay. He's basically been treating us all like shit. He's thrown himself on the floor. He's headbutting the floor. I'm trying to pick him up in the process. He's headbutting me in the process. Okay. I've got him off. Of. He was breathing like a little bit better at first. Yeah. Washed him down, put some water down him, tried to obviously get him okay. got a bit more colour in him. But then obviously I've seen the lump on his head that he's done to himself. Right. Help's been arranged for him. Okay. Yeah. Try and keep calm for me. Can you get him yeah. laid out flat on his back? Flat, flat on his back. How yeah, old is he? He's six, nearly seven. Okay. Yeah. Right, there he's very pale, but obviously it's a big bang. He's, he's knocked himself out by okay. the look of him. And he's barely breathing, though. He's, he's breathing. He's barely breathing. He's, he's lost just at the minute. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how to give basic life support. Okay, so we can't just keep going. Hughes returned home and a 999 call was made at 2.42pm. Explaining his injuries, Tustin said, quote, Arthur was told to sit on the thinking step. He's thrown himself on the floor and banged himself on the radiator. He's kicked me in the process of trying to get him back on the thinking step. He's then gone on all fours on the floor and I've told him to get up. I've shut the door. All I heard was a crack. On all fours. The floorboards. At that point he was fine. I put my arms underneath him to pick him up. And he dropped and banged his head three times on the floor. As I picked him up, he hit me as I tried to get him up. Unquote. Body cam footage from emergency services shows Tustin crying as she again claimed Arthur repeatedly headbutted the floor. And I'll share this footage in our Facebook group. But she would tell officers that Arthur had been lashing out and quote, We've had shit off him for six months. Like I said, the last six months he's battered both of my kids. 
He smashed the house to pieces. He's battered his dad. He hit me. Yesterday we went to a friend's home. He pushed me down five stairs, saying, You're not my real mum. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to get my mum to kill you. Done my best for that kid. He fucking hates me. I couldn't get him off the floor. Unquote. Just briefly, what happened? Basically, he'd gone out to get me a birthday cut of cake and stuff. The kids, Arthur was told to sit on the thinking step. In Arthur's put himself all over the floor. He's banged himself the radiator. He's hit me. He's kicked me in the process of me trying to get him back on the thinking step. He's then gone on all fours on the floor, and I've told him to get off. And I shut the door over, and all I heard was a crack off the floor. He, head, he was headbutting the floor on all fours. Headbutting the floor once. Said Arthur, get up. You're going to hurt yourself. I've, I've phoned your dad. He went, I don't care. At that point, he was fine. And then he dropped his head again as I've tried to bear hug him and pick him up and he headbutted the floor three times. Here, on this Yeah, carpet. round about, the door was shut, so if you go in, I'll, I'll show you. It's probably about here his head was, but it's, okay. it's concrete, there's no underlay under that. He'd knocked himself unconscious, I'd picked him up, put him on the sofa, poured water in his mouth. So you come in, he's banged his head three or yeah, four I times in the here. I was in the kitchen, then I'd sat down in the living room and that's he- when he threw himself on the floor. And you heard him banging I his heard head. Him bang his head. So what did you do? I came out to him and told him to get up, he told me no. So I tried to bear hug him and put my arms underneath him and pick him up and he dropped and he banged his head another three times off the floor and as I picked him up he hit me and he kicked me as I was trying to get him up like, like I say he's like the last the last six months he's battered both my kids he's smashed this house to pieces he's battered his dad he's hit me when I tried to get him off the floor from head on the floor he headbutted me and he kicked me and he's hit me yesterday we went to my friend's house and he pushed me down five stairs you're not my real mum I hate you I'm going to get my mum to kill you, he said. Okay. And even so, I've, I've still I've done my best for that kid. At the home, Arthur had suffered a cardiac arrest, but medics got his heart beating and rushed him to hospital. Arthur was taken to the Birmingham Children's Hospital, where at 1am on June 17, 2020, doctors concluded nothing more could be done to save Arthur, as he had suffered from a, quote, unsurvivable brain injury, unquote and his life support machine was switched off. His autopsy revealed he had been poisoned with salt, and he had suffered extensive bruising all over his frail body. Pediatric neuroradiologist Professor Stavos Stivios said, quote, I've seen injuries of this nature in a girl who got out of a car, walking down a dual carriageway, and was hit by a passing car at somewhere between 50 and 70 miles per hour, unquote and that Arthur was showing levels of 184 millimoles per litre of salt, way above the normal range of 135 to 145 millimoles per litre, and those normal range levels are for a fully grown adult. Quote, I haven't seen anyone with this salt level in my life. Unquote. Tustin had been giving Arthur a salt solution in his meals and drinks every day, a salt solution that included six and a half tablespoons of salt, and Arthur had to consume it because that was all he was going to be given that day. It was that or nothing, slowly poisoning this little boy to death. Given Arthur's injuries, and Arthur suffered from almost a 100 injuries covering his entire body, Hughes and Tustin would be arrested at the hospital. Tustin's cold, remorseless expression in her mugshot sends shivers down my spine. At that time, they were accused of two counts of child cruelty, but this would be later upgraded to murder for Tustin and manslaughter for Hughes, and that's what they would be convicted of. In questioning, Hughes would admit, quote, 
From lockdown until the time of his death, he spent more of his time in isolation. I can't remember the last time he was treated like a normal child by myself. I can't remember the last time he was allowed to sit in and watch TV. Unquote. He mentioned a time he slapped Arthur for interrupting his fish and chips meal, slashing his favourite Birmingham football club jersey as punishment, which would have crushed this already fragile child. Tustin has not had it easy in prison. She has been subjected to regular attacks and has had salt thrown all over her. She has received death threats. A doctor has since said her mental health has deteriorated. I have no sympathy for her. She has tried to overdose in prison on prescription medication. At the time of her arrest, she was 16 weeks pregnant with Hughes's baby. She terminated this pregnancy. I don't have the details how, but maybe it's best not to know. The murder manslaughter trial would last an exhausting nine weeks. What the jury would have seen and heard during this trial, I would hope they were offered counselling afterwards to deal with the hours and hours of video footage and audio of Arthur slowly wasting away. Following the verdict, the jury asked if they could hold a minute silence for Arthur. They were also excused from sitting on another jury for life. Hughes was jailed for 21 years and Tustin for a minimum term of 29 years. In sentencing, the judge addressed Tustin, quote, The child cruelty in which you engaged was at the top end of the scale for sentencing purposes, unquote. And that her sentence reflected the, quote, protracted and serious cruelty she inflicted, unquote. Hughes and Tustin appealed their sentences, and in July 2022, Mr Justice Mark Well increased Hughes' term to 24 years, finding his previous sentence was unduly lenient. Tustin's sentence remained unchanged, the judge finding her term to reflect her actions. There was that concern, that thought process, as we see in all these cases, that if child services hadn't been so quickly to close Arthur's case, then there was that chance he may be still alive today. The investigation into this is underway. It's being run concurrently with a national review into the death of Star Hobson, another horrific case of abuse and torture from the United Kingdom that I hope to bring you in the next month or so. I think I just need a break from these horrific cases. I mean, they are all heartbreaking, but this one and Keegan Downer and Oakley Carlson in particular, they just hit differently. And I know Star Hobson is another one that's going to be a difficult case to bring you. But these beautiful children need their story told, so they're not forgotten. So there can be that discussion on why this is happening, why there wasn't more safeguarding around the lockdown period where these children weren't forgotten. There has been some discussion in government that laws will be changed so that child murderers will receive life in prison with no hope of release, in a law that will be called Arthur's Law. Arthur loved soccer more than anything. He loved his Birmingham football club more than anything. And in death, this team that brought him so much joy memorialised him. A banner was made and displayed at numerous games, including Birmingham Football Club throughout December of 2021. They sung his name at these games and applauded for up to six minutes, one minute for every year of his short life and Birmingham Football Club named a children's area at the stadium in his honour. 
I know Arthur is seeing this and his smile must not be able to be contained. We love you, Arthur. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice. And subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Mayu.